Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There are those who fear change, those who welcome change, and those who drive change. At Nissan, we've always believed in driving change. Now, the all-new Nissan Qashqai is here. With the style and tech you want and the power you need, it's the future-proof family car. So, are you ready for change? The all-new Nissan Qashqai, electrified with mild hybrid power. Book a test drive today at nissan.ie. Nissan, innovation that excites. Welcome to the Blood and Mud podcast, everybody. The podcast that's so jet-set and urbane that it buggers off to America twice in the space of a month. I know, you absolute fucking jet-setter. It's unbelievable, isn't it? I'm going nowhere now for five years until <laughs> until I've squared things with Barclay Card. Um, but yeah, so there you go. I am Lee, and I'm returned from the US. That's why we've not been around for a week. And over there is... Uh, and I am Josh, and I've also returned from my slightly less glamorous holiday. Oh, yeah, you were was it? Tenerife? Uh, yeah, I spent four nights in a nice hotel in Tenerife and literally didn't move. It's great. Just sat by a pool and read a book. I did a lot of moving in America, too much. I was very tired when I came out. We were meant to, yeah, pod, exactly we were meant to pod yesterday, but I was just, uh, I couldn't I couldn't handle it. So That's what I always usually do on holiday, is I go off on holiday and do so much I'm fucking knackered when I come back. Whereas <laughs> That's exactly what I've I'm, done, yeah. Whereas I'm at the top of my game tonight, so there's absolutely no fucking excuses. I did get a special offer to upgrade to premium economy on the way back. Oh, yeah. Fucking game changer, that is, I tell you. Game changer. I, I a seat, more uh, leg room. This the leg room for me, see? Because as a tall man, there's nothing, genuinely nothing worse than having your knees jammed into a fucking back of a seat for yeah. eight or ten hours. You get more recline as it well. Was... More recline. It's virtually oh. like lying down. Ugh, I mean that sounds great. And you get better food. You get food in like proper plates rather than on plastic. plates and yeah. shit. Yeah, that's living. It's always wonderful. Anyway, so there you go. You want to get in touch with me? Tell me about when you've upgraded to something. Then uh, I'm on <laughs> if you want. I'm Lee, and I'm at Blood and Mud, or I'm Lee at Blood and Mud dot com. And how do people get hold of you, Josh? Uh, at Josh Gardner at Ruby Shirtwatch uh, and RubyShirtwatch dot com. Although you know, what about the Umbro that? news? Speaking of shirt watching, I know England manufactured by Umbro. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird that, isn't it? It will be a I little bit weird. Yeah, like in- Umbro made some rugby shirts in the nineteen nineties, mm. but they haven't made one since. And even then, that was a bit of a sort of strange well, they- outlier in their history, wasn't it? Yeah, they did England in the very early 80s. They did Ireland and Scotland in the early 90s, and they carried on doing some. I remember them doing a Neath shirt at one point, and they did rugby league for quite a while, to be fair. Mm. But, yeah, I think the last time that they would have made a rugby shirt would probably have been when they were still made of cotton. Umbro so, ones where you're like, how are you still making and doing things? Because um, they don't seem to have any major sponsorships anywhere anymore. Have they got some football ones back? Is Wolves Umbro? They have got, yeah, they've got some. The Umbro and used to be owned by Nike, of course. 
for quite a while and then Nike fucked them off a few years ago and they're now owned by some American company that also owns such classic sports brands as Pony and uh, you remember them? Mm -hmm. Starter. Remember them? Remember the Pony trainers uh, in the 80s? We all had them. The indeed. The over tongue. Oh. Indeed. And the Astro uh, Surf e Soul. Echo Unlimited. I don't remember, remember them. Remember those? Zoo York. Don't remember them. Yeah, no, it wasn't. That. But uh, yeah, Sports, Sports Direct owns like 11% uh, share of that company. So basically, England are in a, a very, very, very roundabout way. Sort of in bed with Mike Ashley, whoring themselves out to Mike Ashley. So uh, yeah, enjoy that's gone that. So well for Newcastle United. So <laughs> dramatic, so so very well. Yeah. Speaking of, they're, they're going to be in Lonsdale and Slazenger next, presumably. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. I want to see Henry Slade in a pair of British Knights and a Lonsdale trackie. <laughs> Nothing but green flash. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> So, speaking of contacts, right, I was in work, yes. proper, like, actual proper work the other day, walking oh, yeah. up the stairs, and somebody says, are you Lee? Oh, and I, now I'm in work now, so I said, okay, yeah. yeah. It was one somebody I knew, and I said, yeah, because, well, you know, it's a big building, I work for the council. And he said, um, he's, and I was expecting him to say, oh, because I've been meaning to catch up with you about insert boring work thing here. Yeah. I'm the IT guy, something. He said, no, I'm a podcast listener. Oh, God. And I said, all right. Well, it was very nice to meet you. So, Morgan, it was very, very nice to meet you. I'm sorry I had to rush off because I had to go and do some work stuff. But So, it was lovely to meet you. Thank you very much. And please, I didn't because I, I had to rush off, I didn't. I forgot to tell you, please don't tell my director I use C words online. Yeah. that could compromise no. my position. So, um, not really. <laughs> I don't see it as any worse than doing amateur dramatics. No. I mean, in many ways, we do do amateur we dramatics. Do, don't we? Professional yeah. dramatics, to be honest. I feel, well, I feel maybe, like, yeah. or intermediate level dramatics. <laughs> the sort of rugby in 1997 sort of pitch. Yeah. We are on Acast. We are on Apple Podcasts and all other places you can find pods. And also we're on patreon.com slash blood and mud. Thank you to everybody who contributes and helps us and supports us. Indeed. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Truly does mean a lot. And we've had some more people who've decided that not, you know, they don't want to just give us the normal amounts, the little tiny piddling amount Ooh. everyone else gives us, but we're, that we're very grateful for. I want to give you some more. I want to come to the VIP lounge. Hello. We've had into the VIP lounge this week. We've had Ian Thompson. Thank you. And Matt Price. And also longtime listener, friend, contactor, and subscriber, Graham Golvin. Apropos of nothing, has decided mm -hmm. to up his contribution in the VIP oh. lounge to beyond the minimum level. Good lord! I, I wrote to him. I said, "Graham, that's amazing. Thank you so very much." He came back and said, "I've only just realised you could do that. Otherwise, I'd have done it sooner." Ah, oh, great! So if anybody out there wants else wants there wants to give us more money, then you know you can't because yeah. you didn't yeah. know you could do that. Then obviously you could yeah. do that, but obviously it's not something we expect or demand, absolutely or, not, or require. We just we're happy that you listen, happy you enjoy it. Happy that you support us. Thank you very much indeed, everybody. Shall we start with a player spotted? Our friend, oh, of course we should. Our friend and your friend, listeners, Squidge Rugby has been in touch. Oh, hello. Reaching out from Japan. He's in Japan at the minute, is Squidge. He says, Robbie's his real name, obviously. He says, quick player yeah. spotted. Having arrived at the Tonga versus France game today, a touch late after what you might call a Lemony Snicket series of unfortunate events. I realised oh, loads of the posh seats by the players' tunnel were free, so I just slid my way down into one. 
on the aisle for the rest of the match, like the shit house that I oh. am. Oh, honestly, Robbie, nice. can you do that? I couldn't do that. Yeah, I'm a terrible person for rules. I found that, yeah, you know, in the I'm airport, sure. you, know, you know when you say you have to come to the gate now? I'm like, we've just got to get now. We'll be told if we go to the gate now. And my wife's like, well, I want another drink. I'm like, no, you know, there are rules here. I want to go anyway. So, I know, you know what, Robbie? I didn't have you down for a kind of rule breaker type, but uh, fair dues. So anyway, he sneaked down to sit in one of these seats. I sat perfectly comfortably for the entire first half until trying to get a better view of the big screen to see if Takalua had indeed got it down at the end of the half. I adopted <laughs> some kind of unusual spiralled pose, leaving my leg dangling out into the aisle. However, just as the referee was about to announce the decision, I felt something judder into my ankle. I turned around to see that none other than former Leicester flanker and average signing for London Irish, Steve Maffey, had just, oh, slightly, had just slightly tripped over my leg. The try was Awkward. awarded and he walked down towards the pitch without showing any interest or investment in his team's achievements, like the shithouse that he is. <laughs> he said, I'm, obviously, he's obviously such a big and powerful man, Robbie. I mean, I mean, Robbie won't mind us saying this. Robbie's not a large gentleman. <laughs> he's really not. There's, there's not a great deal of length you know. to judder into. I don't think that Steve yeah, Maffey, I mean, a man of Steve Maffey's dimensions, was too troubled by it. No, definitely not. He said, anyway, so to finish off, Robbie says, I'm so glad the pod has this regular feature because otherwise I'd be sitting on this anecdote forever. You've got your own platform yeah, well, now, thing, Robbie. How, how do you, how, at what point, this is the thing that we don't realise when we don't really think about with Player Spotted, is it gives people the opportunity to tell their really shit anecdotes mm. that in normal life just wouldn't have any, you know, if you tell, told that in the pub or at a dinner party, yeah. you would just get people going, all right. Yeah, there's not enough but people us, who are into, into rugby enough yeah. to know these really sort of slightly random encounters with not exactly household names in the rugby, rugby world. So actually, we're offering a service here. So if you fancy joining in with that service, you can, of course, get in touch with us. At Lee, at, on the DMs, my DMs are open at Blood and Mud, or you can do Lee at bloodandmud.com. Or if you're mm -hmm. a Patreon subscriber, you, of course, can use the Patreon messaging service. You can. Right then, I shall should, we? in fact. Yeah, you should. will actually notice it there. Yeah. yeah. Or not. I don't know. I've got, a lot, I've got a lot of media going on now. You are multimedia. We are multimedia. Yeah, we're, on, we're on Twitter. We're on the email. We're on yeah. DMs. We're on Patreon. Yeah. I'm on. I haven't got. We haven't. I've not got an Instagram page for the. I have got one, but I haven't got one for the pod because I don't understand how that would work. Um, I had one for Rugby Shirt Watch for a while, which in theory should have worked because it should have just been pictures of rugby mm, shirts. That would work. That and it was. But I just can be fucking asked. I think if you're a proper honest. media type and you're around rugby people the whole time, Instagram would work, wouldn't it? I think, and, and yeah, I literally and don't understand in, on any level how Snapchat works. So that's something I'm not involved oh, in myself no. at all. God no, I'm because you're not a 14 year old boy trying to get his cock out. You know, <laughs> as far as I'm aware. But you know, yeah. I think Instagram is. I think I gave up on Instagram as a branded thing too early. Mm. But I don't, I don't, I don't care to go back now. I've got a really hectic job and a podcast and a rugby shirt blog that I neglect. So you know, I went to see. Well, the reason I was in America obviously was to see my my hero and the man I desperately want to be, my best friend, Jason Isbell. <laughs> and obviously, I'm still working on that, by the way. I follow his hashtags. You know, yeah, I follow his hashtags. As you do, as you do. And obviously what you get for 12 hours after the gig is everybody sending the same grainy shit photos from the crowd of him playing. Yeah, so you just get this, and you, So you put three up and then you get about 500 other people with the same hashtag putting terrible photos up. So Ugh. basically Instagram's not so good for that. 
It is good though, because then Jason puts a picture of himself dancing with his kid or something, you know, and you can pretend, yeah. and I can then yeah. pretend like I am actually his best yeah. friend. Because if he met me, I would be. There's no <laughs> question about it. If he actually got to talk with me, we would become firm friends very quickly, whether See, he likes it or thing, not. <laughs> this is the awful thing in my in my line of work is when I get on with someone. And I think, oh, we should be friends when I'm interviewing them or whatever. And then I sort of follow them on Instagram and I sort of think like they are my friends. And then I realize that they probably couldn't pick me out of a fucking police lineup. But I feel I feel a weird affinity with them because like we, we spent an hour in each other's company and got on well in a purely professional environment. But you were literally just doing that because that's a contractual obligation of your job. Yes. So there you As go. it was mine, yeah. So what we've often said we're not that interested in becoming friends with rugby players, are we? But however, no. friends with some Musicians. kind of guitarist that we're into. Musicians, well, fucking, oh, yeah. absolutely, yeah, yeah. I suppose we can't I'm... avoid talking about the Rugby World Cup any longer, can we? <laughs> not that we want to. It's almost, like, it's almost like the last sort of seven days of the Rugby World Cup has been just entirely without any real... Incident I or incident. I definitely interest. took the best time to go away, I think. I think we both yeah, took the best too. time to yeah. go away last week, didn't we? Um, it's safe to say, I think, that we're in the kind of, to so borrow a, a one day cricket example, we're in the quiet middle overs of, of the tournament at the minute, aren't yes. we? Yes. People just uh, nerdling yeah. the ball around and there's not really much boom boom happening. But, you know, tsunami, tsunami came washing over the Rugby World Cup. It does add a frisson of excitement to the dull end of the group stages, you know. Who knows yeah. what's going to happen now? All of a sudden, Ireland's and Scotland's biggest concern isn't their massively up and down form. It's you know whether their easy bonus point wins this weekend could get turned into nil nil draws and fuck everything up even more than they already have. Fuck everything up, wouldn't they? Yeah, because otherwise, that does feel a little bit like that that kind of part of a wedding when you have to all leave the room <laughs> while they t- put the tables away, <laughs> put, the, put the dance floor up. Do you know what I mean? Before the night do can yeah. start, it feels a little bit like that, doesn't it? Or that yeah. bit of Christmas Day when everyone's been up since 4am and they're full as fuck and everyone's got no energy. Yeah. And it'll all kick it off as soon as one of your cousins says something <clears> about something <throat> not disciplining the kid properly and massive arguments start. It's kind of... Yeah, basically the post 3pm but before everybody fucks off home part of Christmas Day. <laughs> yes. Isn't it? Yeah, it does feel a bit like that. Yeah. So we're going to yeah. get going. So obviously the tsunami chat or the, the, the um, is happening. I yeah. think it's going to be in North now, don't they? Fucking... I. I mean, it's weather, isn't it? They don't seem to really know what's going on, <laughs> as as with mo- most weather forecasts. They claim to have contingency plans in place that beyond just making the game. The nil-nil draw thing is only... They're apparently now only considering that if they can't... Get a reserve date either somewhere or... Get a reserve date or play it in a different venue, which is, you know, f- sensible, I suppose. But, you know, there's not much that can be done about Especially the weather. the business end of it, yeah. Yeah. England beat Argentina while I was away. Yeah, there was the, that the, was a the pointless card, game. Wasn't there? there was yeah. the red card which kind of made it, but I'm not sure the result was... would have been that different, really. Argentina looked really... I... I'm covering Argentina-US tomorrow morning mm. as I record mm. this. I'll be up early. Mm. That's suddenly become a, a bit of an interesting fixture, I think. Well, I mean, it's... <laughs> Given how poor Argentina are, you know. Yeah, they Argent... riding on it, but... Argentina, I, honestly, Argentina for that first 20 minutes in that game until the red card were pretty decent. They still never looked anywhere near challenging England, don't get me wrong. 
but they looked like they could at least make a game of it. But, I mean, after that, it was just fucking... It was basically a waste of time, you know? And The thing is, you don't, it doesn't have to go yeah. that badly when you go down to 14. No, it really and doesn't. To be you, it, it didn't. The scoreline flattered England a little bit because they, you know, they did their standard thing that they're doing in this World Cup and they're sort of scoring a couple of late tries to put a bit of a sheen on a, a fairly workmanlike performance, but an efficient one. Um, but yeah, it wasn't. Like, the problem was that... Well, it just provoked even more fucking whinging. And it's like, never have it so many column inches and minutes of airtime and petabytes of fucking social media server data been spaffed on so many entirely correct refereeing decisions as in this <laughs> World Cup. Like every, every red card, every ban, every high tackle. We're still going on about fucking the Reese Patchell fucking Karevi thing, mm. which was a penalty. It wasn't yeah. even a yellow card. We spent a week arguing about that. And I had Bobbins on to talk about that when penalty. you were away. And I said, Yes. You could, how anybody can go absolutely bananas to say it wasn't, I don't know. I, I, it was, I've seen them not given. It was marginal. However, yeah. you know, the idea that it was so insane it was given doesn't really stack up. It, was it, was not, it wasn't like... egregious in any way, and none of them have been really. And none of them have been egregious in any way. In fact, the egregious stuff has been the stuff they've missed. Yeah, generally. Well, the the the, the only one that they haven't missed that was totally egregious was the Italy one, which was just oh, yeah. a yeah, throwback yeah. to. I mean, that was basically a WWF tag team move. That that wasn't. <laughs> I don't even yes. Like... <laughs> Uh, but uh, but then the thing that was fucked up there is that he didn't send both of them off. You know, it's it, the only yeah the only fucking issue with the discipline in this World Cup is that in quite often they haven't gone far enough, and yet still they're whinging about the game going etc. Do you see that thing that Andy Farrell said today that wasn't no. on camera, but um. Murray Kinsella sort of wrote it down where he's basically saying, like, people were basically trying to get him to say something controversial about high tackles as journalists have been seemingly trying to get every coach to say something controversial about high tackles this World Cup. Um, and he basically just said, the problem is here is nothing to do with the height of tackles and everything to do with the fact that players are not using correct technique. And it's like, yeah. And he's like, well, if they're, they're tackling with their heads up as you're supposed to, then you'll be able to see what angle somebody's body is coming in at and adjust your tackle out accordingly. The reason mm. that people are going in fucking ridiculously high is they're tackling with their heads down mm. or their heads on the wrong side. And if you get if you tackle properly with correct form with your head up, you'll be able to see the player coming towards you a lot better and you'll be able to adjust your tackle light accordingly. It's that um I'm not gonna moan, I'm not gonna moan about the referee thing because I think we all know mm. we all know is it there was the Canada one today which was yeah. an obvious Nailed red. Nailed on red. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely obvious red. And I'm quite simple on this. Whether you agree with it or you don't agree with it and you think it ruins the game or you don't think it ruins the game, is, to be honest, for me, is irrelevant. The question really is, you've had 18 months to understand this. And yeah. if your players don't know how to do it and your defence coach is not coaching in a way that doesn't put them at risk of being sent off and therefore fucking up your team, then you have failed and you are not very yeah. good at your job. Yeah. None of you are. Well, 
The professional yeah, players are not very good and the coach is not very good at the job because you should all understand what this is all about now, whether you agree with it or not. There's loads of shit I have to do at work that I might not agree with. I've just got to yeah. fucking get on with it. So, Yeah, once you've been told a couple of times, like, <laughs> and as you say, this has been the fucking... All they've done in the last three or four months is dramatically simplify things. Yes. In terms of what is and isn't a red card. Everything else has been this way for two years. You, do, you know, you know when, when people try and people try and change the principle or the process of something because they don't like the outcome. You yes. see it a lot in all kinds of walks of life. Oh, so you actually, really do. You know, the fact that you don't like what this means means that you're trying to say that the principle is wrong, or the law mm. is wrong, or the approach yeah. is wrong. That's a question for policymakers for another day. Yeah. The question the that we're asking is. now is: Has it been applied correctly? Yeah. And as the outcome, can you know what it should be? And that's the. And I, see, I said I didn't want to talk about said, it. We're talking about it. We've now, talked. But... Something that we've talked about a lot when it comes to these sort of things over the last four years that we've been doing this podcast is you know people getting angry about this stuff are getting angry about the fact that they don't think it should be the rules as opposed to. That yeah. the rules aren't being enforced properly, and those are two very, very fucking and, different things. Yeah, and I don't want to, and I don't think you should rubbish people's views too much. Some some people's views should be rubbish because they deserve to be rubbish quite blatantly. But the bottom line is that's a valid debate, but it's not for now because it is what it is now. So actually, address yeah. where the problem is. Um, so it's there's nowhere else to go with it, and I think that the thing is that we're missing. I don't believe that it's. If anybody, I said this last week. If anybody can mm. tell me it's a bad tournament because of these decisions, then you're mad. Yeah. Or you're lying, or both. Yeah. Red cards don't ruin games. And the idea that the game is now somehow inherently worse or bad, I don't get that either. Because if you go no. back, if you go, I've said this before, I've said it again, right? If you go back 15 years and look at tackles as they were then, are you telling me that was a poor game to watch? I'm not yeah. saying it was even a better game than now. I'm not saying that. I'm not being nostalgic about it. I'm just saying it wasn't a bad sport then. So moving no. into a less dominant tackle era, which is what they want to do, isn't going to make it a bad sport. And I don't. I understand where people are coming from because me and you had the same discussion when it first came in. Because your, your first reaction is, I don't yeah. like change. What does this mean? Will I like the sport that's left at the end? And I think, and I think the reality is that what this is demonstrating in the sort of the massive outpouring of anger about it you know even from people who pertain to like rugby is that a lot of people who like rugby don't watch a lot of it <laughs> yes yeah. or they have an idea and, of what it is yeah yeah and certainly you know certainly the casual fans i've had people you know in work coming up to me this week and just sort of going like what's wrong with these fucking red cards and all these high tackles and and sort of i think expecting me to have some sort of opinion and i'm just like yeah they're all entirely correct <laughs> <laughs> we do have an opinion, and, yeah. And yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, yeah, and and they're all they've usually been quite put. And they're like, but like, it just feels like it's like no, no, no. The game's fine. It's fine. It's been like this for two years. It's not made it any worse. Also, it's just we're all be, you haven't really been paying attention that much. Leaving aside the injury thing, and and which mm. is the big part of it, of course it is the main driver for it. You know, we've all been. Well, on this podcast we have, but I think a lot of people have been bewailing for a while that, that the balance between attack and defence is problematic. 
And one of the <laughs> biggest problems that we've had with it is that obviously everyone's just fucking pelting up trying to knock your head off. The dominant tackle is the paradigm now, and they're trying to get rid of that. So the dominant tackle means that the tackle line flies up and you're yeah. getting smashed up and everything's being blitzed. And, you know, if you're telling, you know, they're trying to stop head injuries with this, but if a, a byproduct of it is that you've got a little <coughs> bit more time and a little bit more space to work something, then I yeah. don't see how it can, you know, I think that could be a very positive byproduct of it. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I do not want to jinx anything, but you think about who are the sort of three probably best defensive teams in the World Cup, and it's probably Ireland, Wales, and England. Hmm. And, None of them have got pinged in any serious way by this shit yet. Alex Shaw made the point today, actually. I'm not going to pretend that it's mine. Good coaching. Because I read it. No, he made the point that Courtney Laws is a very good example of how you can still put yourself about physically a lot and not find yourself on the wrong end of these decisions. And nobody can question Courtney Laws' physicality, can they? No, he hits like an absolute train. But Justin Tipperick. He doesn't have a yeah. problem, does he? No problem with him. No. And is something wrong with his defence? Is he not dominant enough? It's just fucking yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. And it's, it's all like because closest... of this king hit fucking obsession that people somehow developed really in the last 10 years. You know, those kind of hits used to be the exception. They used to be, you know, Mick, Mick Skinner would make a video out of them. Mm. And and some of the ones that were in, these big hits, you're like, that's not a very big hit. Because that that's what the game was like then. Yeah. And it's... And a, it's, it's... Yeah, it's just really, just uh, yeah. I, anyway, that's seven minutes on that. It does, but, uh, seven minutes of fucking referee nonsense, but it's yeah. all fine. It's basically what I'm going to say until a Wales player gets sent off after three minutes tomorrow morning, and then I'm going to fucking lose my mind. But hey ho. Um, well, Davy, brilliant that you weren't in work today. We had some crack. It was Petter's last shift, so we all went out for lunch. Thanks for staying away. The lads are delighted. Chat to you soon. Mind yourself. No one will thank you for turning up to work or anything else when you're sick. Stay at home and get a test to protect yourself and others from COVID-19. From the HSE, for us all. There are those who fear change, those who welcome change, and those who drive change. At Nissan, we've always believed in driving change. Now, the all-new Nissan Qashqai is here. With the style and tech you want and the power you need, it's the future-proof family car. So, are you ready for change? The all-new Nissan Qashqai, electrified with mild hybrid power. Book a test drive today at nissan.ie. Nissan, innovation that excites. However, while refereeing is all fine... Um, Jacko Piper's decision to be the first referee in the professional era to penalise scrum feeding at the end of the uh, Japan-Samoa game. Point of order, and I said this last <laughs> yes. week, Namibia yeah. were pinged for scrum feeding against were South they? Africa. Okay. And okay. I was on the... I remember, because I had to write about it on The Guardian, <laughs> and I was fucking fuming. <laughs> I was like, of all the fucking games... Yeah. In the past four fucking years, it's this yeah. one that you decide. Against Namibia, it were basically yeah. being turned into a paste and are just trying to get the ball in now. It's yeah. this one you start to give a shit about. Yeah. 
But again, like two, two in the last two, twenty-five yeah. years. Why? Like, and I, I think. I mean, how I'll, fed does it have to be? Do you have to like throw yeah. it to the outside half? It was no more fed than all other scrums <laughs> are fed, in my opinion. But I mean, I think ultimately, I think if we as pretend that refs are immune to sort of placing themselves at the heart of the narrative of this wonderful soap opera that we call sport because they get a bit caught up in the moment and they see a mo- you know something mm. happening that's i think we're being quite naive refs want to be part of the story as much as everybody else deep down as much as they're very good at their jobs and they try their best to be impartial they are only human and i can't help but feel I like think there's a certain Jacko amount of ego thought, oh, i want Fran- i want japan to score a fucking try here <laughs> I, want I think there's a certain through, amount you know, of ego, especially with the crowd. Yeah, I think there is a certain amount of ego that makes you want to be a ref. Yeah, he I think it's a bit like himself, I, I, I get the game. I get the feeling it's a bit like what wanting to be a player. You think you're going to be good at it. You'd like to be the person yeah. who's in charge of the game. You want to be the person who everyone looks to. There's, I think there has to be a certain amount of ego with it. Too. I'm not saying it means they're egomaniacs or anything, but there is. No, you can't get away from it. I don't think. Yeah, and some refs have more ego than others. Yes. Yes. He who controls himself controls the game. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, and I think if we, we sort of, you know, if we act like refs aren't susceptible to an insane home crowd desperate for their team to sort of get one last go at it, and then you see a moment where you think, oh, that's a bit fed, actually. I should probably, because <laughs> I, I could give that. Oh, yeah, go on then. And... Yeah, yeah, I, I just think it, it's, it's perhaps. I mean, you know, with Yako Piper, you know, he will accept anything up to thirty-six percent fed. Anything beyond that is just taking the piss. If it's thirty, if it's thirty-seven yeah. degrees, not a chance. Thirty-six degrees, I'm happy with, yeah. but don't take the yeah. piss, lads. You know. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure if you're a Scotland fan, that is of absolutely no comfort at the moment. But yeah, no, quite. For the rest yeah. of us, I don't think. Uh, as much we can, you know, in his position, I think we probably all would have been a bit swayed by that. South Africa battered Italy, didn't they, last week? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing left to do now, I guess, but for Italy to call up Martin Castro Giovanni. <laughs> I mean, sure, they've had, they had two props injured in that game anyway, and then two props banned against uh, again the game against South Africa because obviously for <laughs> the double fucking pile driver. Um, <laughs> If, I think something in shit good later on described it as a tombstone, and it was absolutely a tombstone, it was, wasn't it? It was one of the. It was one of the. They haven't just fucking done that <laughs> moments. That was just. I mean, it was. I mean, kind of it's not funny because that's a proper fucking spine yeah, breaker. Yeah, that's a proper spine breaker. But it was funny because it was just like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, but if if you tell me that Italy's what fifth best prop is somehow better than 37-year-old Castro presumably pulled straight out of a Vegas fucking pool party. <laughs> uh, I just don't believe you, to be honest. Well, you're coming, Castro. I will, but I'm not doing any running. I'm walking from <laughs> scrum to scrum. You're in, done. Don't forget, I don't like cunts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Uh, but yes, uh, South Africa, obviously battered Canada today as well. Um, not as batteringly as they could have done, I no, feel like. You know what? It seems to me there's been none. I said this when I wrote, um, when I was doing my preamble to the South Africa-Namibia game, and I said, there's been there's been beatings, but there's not been the full-on insurance job 
of a small nation, of a smaller no, tier three nation. There really yet. is. And it's coming, and I thought that that South African Namibia game would be it. That was the probably the worst fucking two hours of my life I spent writing about that game. <laughs> Listen, poor me getting to sit and write about rugby, but you know what I mean? It was really hard work because it was terrible. No, Namibia terrible, were terrible, terrible and it be asked. But the point, my point is, is that there hasn't been one yet, has there? Well, no, New, New Zealand like... play Canada next week, don't they? Even New Zealand and Namibia, which I thought would be an act. There's been no 100 well, pointer yet, has that's there? That's the thing. That's the thing. New Zealand, Namibia. Just that New Zealand, yeah, Namibia just made me think like New Zealand are still. I know I've been saying this for ages, but New Zealand is still not full Death Star fully operational. No, in my opinion, like no, it's three quarters built, teams. which is which is which yeah, is destructive yeah, yeah. enough. It's basically, it's destructive it's basically enough. the Death Star at the end of Return of the Jedi, yes. where it's sort of three quarters of the way there. But if you want to fly the Millennium Falcon right into that fucking superstructure, piss easy. Don't worry about an exhaust port this time. And that, to me, is... Because you think of all black teams of past would have easily put a ton on that Namibia team. They are wretched, let's be honest. And Canada as well, they're bobbins. But there's just a bit of a sloppiness um, that, and a bit of imprecision about New Zealand. Like, when they switch it on, fuck me, they're good. Mm. And oh, if, gotcha. they find, if they find a way to switch that switch on permanently, we the rest of us might as well just fucking go home. But... They're just, I just feel, God, this horrible. This, I can't shake the feeling that the imprecision in their play and the slight sloppiness in their, particularly in their attacking play, not so much their defence, their defence is absolutely fine, but their attacking play, just they're leaving too many tries out there at the moment. I just feel like he's going to fucking bite him on the arse at some point. Well, like Steve Anson is the kind of Darth Vader in the Return of the Jedi, I have to call Graham Henry in to get it built on time. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Graham is not as forgiving as I am. So... <laughs> I've now got a, a, an amazing sort of mental picture of Henry full Palpatine up. <laughs> now, don't tell me that wouldn't look fucking brilliant. Because he's <laughs> even got the voice, hasn't he? He has. He absolutely has. <laughs> How are you getting on building and this? You enough, must be fucking you know? shitting yourselves. <laughs> Did the hate plough through you? <laughs> yeah. God. <laughs> oh, I'm afraid the scrum will be quite operational when your friends arrive. Yeah. Oh, we could do this all. Keep, 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 oh. We'll come back to that. We could do this all, all night. Um, um, where were we? Yeah, so Australia beat Uruguay. Uh, Uruguay I mean, Uruguay, I, I hope to God Uruguay is just drunk all the time now. Because oh, they've they had are, their cup fight, haven't they? Yeah. I mean, I think we said it after, like, why should they give a flying fuck now? They're all back in work they next should... week. They might as well get <laughs> yeah. massively pissed. They should be on the fucking sake every moment of the day that they're not on a rugby pitch, surely. I mean, fuck it. Why not? They're not going to beat anybody else. Well, you can have, and Wales play them next weekend. Well, they'll be right at the dog end of a, of a two and a half week bender. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Wales will just basically be playing you know, anyone that they can find that they don't, you know, that they could feel like they can give up and Adam Beard <laughs> desperately try and get him fit. You know, it's, yeah, that's... It's... We'll bring Corey Hill back let's... to play in a boot. <laughs> let's, let's not beat around the bush with some very few exceptions the last few games of the knockout stages. After Wales-Fiji tomorrow, this basically fucking done, isn't it? Scotland-Japan. Scotland, Japan. 
yeah, is the only other Which game. I have, by the way. I'm covering Scotland-Japan. Oh, hello. I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Scottish Don't listeners, worry, Scottish listeners. I will talk me. Japan up to fuck in my preamble. <laughs> Don't worry. They've already cut their quarterfinal bound. Easy, surely. Yeah. Uh, Home team, all the matches with them. Play. Actually, let's talk about Japan for a bit. Mm. They're playing really well, aren't they? And have you ever really wanted to get well. any more examples of how the pre-tournament stuff means absolutely fuck all? Just look at um, how Japan have come flying into this. Yeah. Well, to be honest, it's how quickly they sort of... They, they, that first game against Russia, they looked fucking shaky as hell. Mm. And you just thought, ooh, are they actually... Are they, are they, is it this got to them? And But ever since, you know, they've just gone, all oh, right, we've got that over. You know, we've... We've got that first game out of the way now, and now we're just going to go back to playing the way that we used to play, and we are comfortable. And they're just so comfortable, like their decision making and their handling in the red zone. Yeah. It's so simple. It's their endless but... and never-ending precision in every moment yes. of the game, no matter how tired yeah. they are. It's like, well, how do you get yeah. so stay so yeah. precise? And it's literally, so... no other team does that level no. of precision no, at that the, speed the either. Fundamentals are so solid. And their trust in the team around them, their offloading and their mm. support play, they always know that there's going to be a player on the shoulder. Like, so, so few teams have that. Like, the way that they scored, I can't even remember which one of the tries it was, but it was just like a gloriously... Like, it was just a three-on-two. Mm. But, but just executed them, it absolutely You see clear. them fucked up <laughs> yeah. so often with some silly cunt doing a fucking miss two or something. And Brian Moore then saying that's, a, that's you know, under 10 should be able to do that. It's just numbers yeah. and draw them and out. Like, yeah. yeah, but they do it. They just, they literally, they run in a straight line. They commit the man, they pass the ball. They commit the man, they pass <laughs> the ball, try. And it's gloriously simple and basic, but you see so fucking little of it in modern rugby. And it's lovely to see it. I just love it. I could watch them play all day long. Mm. And it's the the, bu- the busyness from the kind of from the base of the rook. Yeah. And the, the way they keep switching the angle of attack and the point of attack. It's just wonderful. Absolutely and Michael wonderful. Leach is such a fucking good player. He's a monster. Isn't like, it? I know we knew he was good in the last World Cup and he mm. has been good. But he has his fucking Weetabix when it comes to World Cup time, doesn't he? I like that hooker like, as well. The hooker's very, very Yeah, good. he's great. And all of their outside backs. Oh, no, Masashima is just fucking someone else, isn't he? I mean, I know they're. The I, I know they're on good money in Japan, like obviously because you know Japan pays fucking mega bucks. But surely some of these boys in a Goromaru kind of way mm. are going to fancy having a crack either. At, you know, especially with the Sun Wars going in two years in yeah, a year's time. Yeah, you'd fancy Super Rugby, got... wouldn't you, or, or Europe somewhere? Yeah. They've got yeah. I mean, this this just, tournament has really been a fucking great shop window for a lot of not just you know Japan we kind of knew about anyway, but like some of the Russian lads, right? Mm. How the fuck every fucking like Premiership team and particularly fucking Welsh region that haven't got two fucking bob to rub together are not looking at some particularly those Russian forwards and going. Fucking hell, they're a bit of all right. Yeah. You could get them for, you know, a not, a not large amount of money, couldn't you, every yeah. year? And, you know, particularly now, they're in the condition of their lives. All, all you've got to basically do is maintain that conditioning mm. in a professional environment. 
and you've got yourself a fucking rock solid player for fuck all money. At least for a couple of years until they get picked off by you know some French club or something. To be fair, Steve Diamond's always had a few knocking rounds. He he knows absolutely. He, he knows the score, doesn't he? Yeah, he spent some time out there, didn't he? So he probably knows. Uh... Yeah. I mean, equally, you know, the Uruguayan lads. I'm sure they're, you know, they're a bit small. To be fair, but they're outside half who plays who it. Gives Dax a fuck? Looks like he, yeah. he's, he'd be worth. He, he's definitely worth it. A... He looks better than second division France stuff. He doesn't. He he looks like he's definitely a. You could probably get him enough to be the second or third choice fly half of your international window and shit like that, couldn't you? Yeah. Well, you look at the Ospreys, they've got 110 at the moment. You know, are you telling me, <laughs> chucking yeah. him a few grand? You know, it's, I don't know, it's, it seems to me that there are a lot of good players not playing in either semi-professional region areas or playing in shit leagues that could... Do a fucking job. That, that um, before does, the Premiership. Where does Thingy play? And one, one, one Manuel Cat. Where does he play? He was pretty handy. Oh yeah, I'm Let's looking now. While I'm talking, is it Manuel Cat? Can't remember his name. Something Cat. I mean, yeah. You look at, you know, Gaminara's playing. I know he's 30, but he's playing in fucking Uruguay. Maybe he just loves being in Uruguay. He's too small, though, isn't he? Juan Manuel Cat is playing for old boys in Uruguay. He's 23 years old. Oh, he's definitely worth a look. I'm sorry. I know know that tournaments can be... I know tournaments can be a strange pair of glasses to look through. You know, tournament-tinted glasses, you know. But uh, at 23, for the money you could get him for... He is absolutely fucking worth a go. He's quite small, though, according to this. 5'9", 83 kilograms. That's about 13 stone. That is quite small. However... But a Pro 14 or Premiership level, you can be a smaller fly-off, you know? Like, or outside centre, definitely. Or, yeah, yeah. You know, he's he looks tidy, you know. Gaminara, I agree, he is just a bit small. Five, but 5'9 and, like, 15 stone... Imagine how inspiring is... he'd be. <sighs> Imagine him just crying all the time and you just hugging him. <laughs> Why don't you employ him? <laughs> just to hang around your house. <laughs> Be my dad who's younger than me. Um, yeah, it's, and, you know, the same with some of the Russian lads. You know, they've looked genuinely very good at times, and certainly in terms of their commitment and their, you know, genuine fucking and the work rate that they've put in and the physicality that they've shown against you know hugely overmatched in terms of and who's that, that uh, 21 year old lucid prop for georgia whose name i can't remember now who is oh, fucking believable who, who looks about 70 yeah he played a full 80 minutes yeah uh, the other week and he's just, he's unbelievable. He's, he's a bit nasty without being like completely mm. over the top. Mm. But 21 but years old, he's fucking unbelievable. I can't remember his name now. I'll do my head in. I'll two, find it in a minute. Two members of Russia's World Cup squad are playing outside of Russia. Including all, like, all but one of their forwards. They're fucking, somebody there. One of their back rowers is worth a go. You know? Um, the loose head that you're thinking of is, is it Gogukashvili? Yes, or is it, uh, Gogukashvili, yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's at Racing, so... Oh, I well, that explains it. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem with the Georgians. Is like, yeah, they look brilliant. And then you go, oh, yeah, because you all play for Montpellier, Toulon, Racing, Bordeaux, fucking... Yeah. There is a big Stafford. sort of Georgian community in France, isn't there? Yashvili came from yeah. there and stuff, didn't they? And... They've just got a big pedigree of going there, I think. But it's particularly, you know, not so much... <laughs> Not so much the American and Canada lads in this World Cup. Although, it must be said, the fact that fucking... I know he's going and playing in America now, but fucking hell, the fact that Jeff Hassler couldn't get a fucking professional rugby contract when he was let go by the Ospreys at the end of last season is absolutely fucking baffling. Yes. 28 years old, and every time he gets, he's got the ball in this World Cup, he's looked like a glorious fucking... Immaculately offered freight has, train. Genuinely. And... I like their seven as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt Hinton, yeah. is it? He plays for... Um, yes. Is he the one who plays for Darlington or somebody ridiculous like that? Uh, looks decent anyway. But, but I think yeah, I think he th- plays we... for them now, but he has, he's going to fucking... I think he might be going to the MLR, as most yeah. of them are. The... Um... This whole, that whole section started talking about how there hasn't been batterings, and I think it's... Hmm. Which is weird because you imagine, I suppose, what you tend to forget is that professionalism or professional approaches develop at both ends of the game, don't they? You yeah. assume that obviously the likes professionalism in South Africa or New Zealand brings what we know it brings, and you assume the gap will get wider. But what it looks like, if anything, it's narrowed. Just judging by this tournament, you know, they're, yeah, not, well, they're nowhere at... near winning, but they're not. No. They're not getting abjectly humiliated either. Yeah, you know, it's. You look at 2005, was it? 2004, Wales versus Japan in the Millennium Stadium where Wales won 98 nil. Yeah, that ain't happening if, again. That ain't happening again, ever. <laughs> but, you know, the sort of absolute batterings that they're handing out to teams like Canada in the US probably won't happen forever if mm. the, you know, domestically continues to get better. And also the fact that even teams like Uruguay and Russia and Georgia and the USA and Canada get given the money by World Rugby to effectively be professionals for, you know, four months before the World Cup and being camped together. And, you know, the the ability, you know, both from a conditioning point of view and a team coherence point of view and just a professionalism point of view is it does dramatically reduce the gap now which I don't think it always has, hmm. which is good. It's encouraging, if anything. So what have we got coming up then? We've got uh, tomorrow, which is yes. Wednesday, we have Argentina-USA. Uh, yeah. Which I'm, I, I, I really hope USA can really get themselves fucking up for it because I think Argentina, I, I don't think it's going to be a win. It's, it's a massively outside chance it's going to be a win, but I do think that Argentina now, it's pretty much over for them, isn't it? So... I'm How much USA have they got left to give? Can get, yeah, you know, the US said this, you know, they should put, and this is all the USA have left, really, isn't it? Are they still got to play mm. Georgia, USA? Can't remember. They've got one, I think they've got one game left. Uh, yeah. But this is, this is, one way or another, this is going to be Argentina's worst World Cup since 2003. Yeah, it's bad. USA have to play Tonga on Sunday still. Ah, okay. So they could actually really go for that one as well. But um, we haven't talked about France Tonga, have we? No, which I think is, I mean, <laughs> how 
last time we spoke, France were, you know, looking dangerous, fit, uh, as professional as they have done in years. Uh, and now they're in a state of total chaos. <laughs> We've got Murad Boujalal encouraging open player revolt. Must have read uh, my uh, Les Miserables thread on uh, yeah, on Twitter. Yeah. Guillaume Garrado has been fucking dropped or sacked or stripped of the captaincy or something. Is is a scrappy win over Tonga all that it took to like just to absolutely get the knives out and everything to turn to <laughs> shit again? They all hate each I, other I, that I, much. There's probably some truth in the fact that I don't think anybody thought that Brunel was the right man for this tournament, but it was all just too no. late. Yeah, well, and, and I think you know, so they were never yeah. going to sack him. So I suppose this, as much as you were kind of joking a bit there, I think there is there is something about <coughs> this. It just it it was just below the surface coming in. Having mm. said that, they could turn up and play like they did in the first half of their first game and uh, the Argentina game against England on Saturday, and everything will be will look very very different. Yeah, although, yeah, I mean, I honestly don't... They were not great against Tonga, but England weren't great against Tonga. Nobody's really no. been able to play well against Tonga, Tonga because they're really fucking physical. They were yeah, pretty, pretty organised, yeah. And let's not beat around the bush. That game was a lot more comprehensive than the final scoreline suggested because Tonga scored quite late on. And Tonga and were creating was... absolutely nothing. Absolutely uh, yeah. nothing, yeah. Which is the, the story of their more tournaments, but... Yeah. Oh, you know, so we talk about the France game now. I was talking about. The yeah, England yeah, yeah. Game. Oh, so I was talking about the England game. No, they were a bit yeah. better in the France game. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. But like they they they'd done very little. So you know they came it on. In the, the game was basically won from France's point mm. of view in the first half, and then they massively took the foot off, which is not good. But like, I just don't understand how. <laughs> It comes back to what you want to see, though, doesn't this it? Open warfare. It comes back to yeah. what you want to see from your, yeah, I so. you know, and do you, what you want to see is like something that represents steady sort of improvement and something you can hang your hat on for the next stage. And I think that's where France is. Falling but down when slowly. you look at you look at like France's expectations going into this World Cup, a quarter final berth would have been considered, you know. Well, it should be, if they're realistic. It should have been that, Mm. but I don't know exactly what it was, but it should definitely have been that. In a group with England and Argentina, you know, getting out of that group was a fucking achievement even in itself. Whether they get further than that or not is kind of a roll of the dice. They looked a little bit like they were turning into a team that could go further than that in the warm-ups. They don't anymore. If you look at um, the talent they have heading into the next World Cup... Pure talent alone, and they're playing it mm. at home. Mm. It could be that that's in a way it's almost like they should do what they can here. But you know, I do wonder if that's naive of me to have the... a plan for them, but they probably won't. But <laughs> they should do. Well, I wonder if that's part of why all of these rumblings are happening. Is that you know there is an understanding in France, both within the structure and within the general French rugby culture, that in four years' time they better be ready to fucking win it. Yes. Because, you know, they they had, they fluffed, to be honest, a golden fucking opportunity to win it the last time it was on their turf in 2007. Hmm. After they beat the All Blacks in the quarters and, and then shot fed. hideous fucking game. Yeah. <laughs> in 2007, yeah. You know, it should have been, almost certainly have been a South Africa-France final, which I still think South Africa would have won in that tournament, but it still would have been getting to the final. Hmm. 
They got to the final in 2011 somehow. Still don't understand how that happened. Um, Could have won that as well. After New Zealand, all I'd like collective could, yeah. performance <laughs> collective paralysis anxiety. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, you know, they've had... They had a terrible World Cup in 2015, obviously. But this World Cup has not been anything near as embarrassing as that. No. They're still going to get to the quarterfinals and then they're going to not have to play. They're going to be crushed under the Welsh Welsh train, aren't they, Josh? (laughs) I mean, I'd like to think they would be and I would fancy Wales against them at the moment. But they're not going to come up against a psychotically motivated All Blacks that are going to put fucking (laughs) 7 million points on them like they did last time. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, that was a fucking, you know, what a game that was, man! What a game. Oh. That was hilarious. God, they were so bad and and they were so good. If you know what I mean, yeah. Yeah, well, that was just the game where every time you looked at Scott Spedding, you just thought, "What are you doing here?" The irresistible you... force meets the entirely movable object. <laughs> is basically what. I... Uh, uh, but yeah, I just I just don't understand it. I mean, for starters, what the fuck is Bujalal doing? As I should just being a massive ass. And well, you know, bon, bon villain gonna bon villain, aren't they? You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just really weird. This whole thing is so French. It's mega French. Yeah, but in a a very strange kind of in the best French way, there. the kind of off the even, field madness way. Yeah, even for them, this is weird. Yeah. So anyway, tomorrow, as we mm. record this, as you're probably listening to it in the morning, I imagine you've got Argentina USA, which is probably finished by now. Um, mm. I hope USA give it a big go. It's still Argentina's for the taking, really, but surely, you know, USA want to get up for that one. Scotland-Russia should be a win for Scotland. Uh, Well, fucking hell, if it's not, then... There's devil. That would be home and shame and recrimination, wouldn't it? Oh, God. I mean, that would would really, 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 really... (laughs) I mean... No, let's not even go there. Our Scottish listeners would never let us talk about them again, let's be honest. Um... But yes, that should and it needs to be a bonus point win, really, doesn't it, to maintain Scotland's sort of hope of mm. getting into the knockout stages, and should be, to be fair. And then you got Wales Fiji while you're in work. Uh, you alerts on your phone. Uh, there was that twenty minute period, wasn't there, in their last game against Georgia, where you're a bit like, yeah. oh, oh, hello. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I'm really not looking forward to this. I, I, I am dreading this more than I'm dreading. I dreaded the Australia game because I hate it more when we're expected to win, obviously. Yeah. I mean, let's not but forget, I... right, that Fiji, you've lost one comically inept game <laughs> and you've drawn yeah. one game with them in like 30 years. Yeah, but it's just the old, those old wounds, they, they run deep, you know, it's... It's like one of those sort of people who get shot in a war and then it gets cold and you feel it, you know? It's like whenever whenever Fiji sort of loom into review... <laughs> he shrapnels on the move again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly that. Um, Wales should, looking at the team, Wales absolutely should win. Wales should be able to play more streetwise rugby and hopefully not play completely into their hands like they did in 2007. However, who the fuck knows? There's absolutely no because... way that this Wales team will do what, you know, Gareth's <laughs> Wales team did. No, no. way. But I will never not be worried about it I as, I was that, in two, but, yeah. as I was in 2015 when, you know, we had exactly the same situation where we came off a big win against England in the group and then had to play Fiji and it was like banana skin of all banana skins. But I think in Fiji, you've got, 
they may score two tries against you. Yeah. Come on, mate. But also, if you just keep playing the way you've been playing, they will drop the ball enough to give you enough to make that score back. They're not going to run in five tries. Listen to me now. <laughs> but they're not going to run in five tries against that Wales defence and have no way back. It's just not going to happen. Sorry. you know. I hope not. I apologise to everyone for what yeah, will happen I mean, tomorrow now. But uh, I, I think it could be a lot tighter game than what you probably think it is. I think it's going to be a very, very tight game and a very, very nervy game. Well, why, though? Is that because of the tension, you think? Because, of, because I think that Wales have looked at this fixture list for a long time and gone... You know, everything. Obviously, the Australia game is a big one, but I think there is something about it. they've been getting mentally prepared for this game for a long time because of the history and because of the coach they've got. And actually, the history for them is that we beat them in 2015. So, yeah. And then to be honest with you, it it could be a case that they are, you know, <laughs> you know, they they don't share any of my concerns, and they <laughs> yeah, probably yeah. don't. <laughs> And probably I fucking hope they don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if this Wales team share 10% of my concerns, then we're an absolute fucking basket case of a team. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, my, my logical head does say that Wales should win this game, but my heart just feels so, so, so very concerned about the whole fucking shambles. And I'll be very glad at about 1pm tomorrow when this whole fucking thing is over. Sorry, I just had a notification on my phone because Oldham Athletic are playing Accrington Stanley tonight in probably the I most mean, northern that, game of football you've ever heard of in your life. Both northern and nineties, I like it. Yeah, and uh, in in the in the leasing dot com trophy, and we are losing three 0 I've just had the latest update, so that's nice, isn't it? Brilliant. That's nice, Happy isn't days. it, Josh? All enjoy sport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then before we're on again, you've got Australia, Georgia, which will be as it will be. New Zealand will. What might be funny is that New Zealand might put a hundred on Italy the way they're played. So that 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 could. It's interesting. It would be it, it it would be quite funny from a, a a whole sort of World Cup thing to like for Italy to you know played so well at times in this tournament and they have let's not beat around the bush yeah. they played really really well in their first two games particularly against Canada um, and we're not. Totally outclassed until they went down to 14 against South Africa either. But it would be very, this World Cup for them to turn around and New Zealand just to fucking turn up on them and just turn into merciless fucking psychos like they can be. England and play France on the Saturday. Yeah. We've which is a game, that really. Yeah, a game that has absolutely no fucking meaning about anything really now, you know. If France do a bonus point win on England, will that will that mean that you play Australia? No, sorry, that you play England. I can't. Remember. It will do. Yes, yeah. So I'm sort of like, yeah, and it would also mean that England. There's all been all this ridiculous shit where people have been saying, oh, England slash France are thinking about throwing this game so that they go over to the other side of the draw and because they want to finish second because they don't want to be on New Zealand's side of the draw, which is... Yeah, because South Africa are a right fucking laugh, aren't they? Well, yeah, indeed. (laughs) And, you know, it's just like... It's fucking World Cup, mate. You're going to have to play the All Blacks eventually, probably. Just fucking like... uh, like, No professional team thinks like that. No, No I don't think so. Not even France. Maybe France. I don't know. You might rationalise it after a game if it doesn't go well. Yes. Go, well, actually, this is where we are now, so that's yeah. fine. You know, uh, uh, In a way, this might be more positive, lads. Let's chin up, you know. 
but you wouldn't do it before the fucking game. Absolutely Don't worry not. if you fucking lose, you lads, spent... you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that game. Both teams will try to win. And... Ireland will fancy a bonus point against Samoa. Uh, Namibia... You'd imagine so. Although Ireland are basically like a fucking bungee rope of a rugby team at the moment, aren't they? In that they're either very good or very bad. They only exist in binary. They are the shit gods yeah. of rugby teams. <laughs> they are. They really are. There's nothing in between. They were so lacklustre against Russia again. They were dreadful. Yeah, they made hard work of that, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know if you can make hard work of a 35-0 win, but they, they, they somehow did. But they absolutely did. did. They <laughs> yeah. really did. Like, it was just pain. It was like pulling teeth against a vastly inferior team. And... Yeah, they Samoa are not going to make it that fucking easy for them. Like Samoa will come at them, and if they're not, if they're in Japan mode, or if they're in Russia mode, that could be a fucking awkward game for them. The only worry for Samoa is, and I I hate to think this is a fucking cliche about them, but they have been, and because it isn't normally, and I'm not saying it's what it always like, but they have been a little bit kill switch engage, haven't they, in this tour? (laughs) Uh, yeah, and I don't mean that by being a fucking completely mediocre metal band. I mean they've been they've yeah. they've uh, Q a lot yeah, of no, Q Adam Reese writing to me and telling me that they're actually very yeah. good. Yeah, not. Sure enjoys Killswitch. They're terrible. Um, <laughs> However, they do bring some much welcome diversity to the metal genre, don't they? So <laughs> I mean that is important. It is, yeah. Um, let's yeah. I mean let's move away from shit metal bands yeah. for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Samoa's discipline has not been good, um, to say the least. And, yeah, I mean, this game does have early red card written all over it. <laughs> but, you know, we'll, if if it doesn't have that, Samoa have both the attacking ability and the physicality to make life a little bit awkward for Ireland, I think, particularly where they are at the moment, confidence-wise. I don't think they're going to, though. But uh, No, I don't think they're going to. And there's to, four I, games on Sunday. Now, you might as well make the most of this, ladies and gentlemen, because after that, there is no game until Saturday, oh. an entire working week without oh. a game of rugby. I hate this. Yeah, so we'll have Wales, Uruguay... Uh, uh, USA, Tonga, Namibia. They've, they've, they've not. Uh, I mean, Japan, Scotland aside, which is the absolute fucking box office. Let's all set our watches for that one, lads. Moment. I mean, it's it's a bit of a going out I, with the wind. I think Namibia, Canada could be reasonable because that'll be the you know their one win of the tournament, won't it? So I think they'll and and they're probably quite well matched. So I think well, that could yeah, be a decent about- game to watch. It's a battle for who is the worst team in the tournament, I think. <laughs> yeah. And I think and that's Canada. a very motivating yeah. thing. Yeah. I think it's Canada, but we'll find out. This is like the other competition for I think I said, you know, the best vegan restaurant in Wakefield, you know, it's a it's a narrow <laughs> field, but you'll still want to yeah, win it. It's not it's not a it's, it's not a highly contested one, but it's yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. so but again, it is actually Enjoy games it. of rugby though. Yeah. So you should, you know, lap it up because there will be none until the Saturday after, and then we'll see. What happens, I guess we'll do, we'll be able to do on Monday a review of what's been happening and then we'll do um, and previews for the quarterfinals by then, won't we? Yeah, yeah. Fuck me. So then we got shit good. Oh, man, I hate this. It feels like the World Cup's nearly over. Oh, come on, Josh. Christ, you can't go down that, you know. We're still on the, we're on the roller coaster. It's going back up. Don't worry. I know it doesn't, I, like, I know it doesn't technically end for another, you know, just under a month. But we are down to brass tacks here, game-wise, yeah. you know. Yeah. For all the people sort of whinging that the group stages have been a bit meh and a bit sort of... 
And I understand why they're saying that because there hasn't been too many big upsets and not too many brilliant games. But let's not, you know, forget that we've had sometimes four games of rugby on every day. Imagine that. And after you this know? weekend, there'll be only eight games left. And one of them is one that nobody wants to watch because it's the runner-up one. Yeah, bronze more. I hate how they call it a bronze final now. It's like nobody cares about it. You, you put it on the CV, bronze medal yeah. winner in the World <laughs> Cup. And a medal is a big thing in the Olympics, isn't it? It is. It's, yeah. It's a big achievement. But it's not but it's, in the World it's Cup. Not really, it's not, this is a different medium altogether. Yeah. Right, then let's do shit good to finish, shall we? Let's. What have we got here then? Let's do shit first. Brendan Hobdell gets in touch, and he says, Ireland for both. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Well, like I just said. Yeah. yeah. Matthew Morgans gets in touch and said, shit is Murad Bujalal, enough said. Yeah, we are. We yes. said. I mean, how is that going to help? Publicly coming out and calling for revolution. Doesn't care. I mean, I suppose they, they did build an inter- they did, you know, forge an entire country by doing that, but that was a long time ago. It's a different world yeah. now, Murad. It very much is. Um, Shit for me is the inevitability of uh, Billy Vinopola ending up in a walking boot at some point in this World Cup. Um, I mean, it's almost like playing an injury-prone, irreplaceable player every single minute for the last five months was a little bit of a high-risk strategy. But you have just, to wonder just... why, don't you? I mean, because we sit here and go, this looks stupid, right? But we are not <laughs> physiotherapists and we're not Absolutely team doctors not. and we don't have access to scanning machines and access to his fitness metrics and data and none of that. We just sit here and go, that looks a bit fucking stupid to me, like you just said. So you have to... Well, I fucking hope there was a plan for this, that there is something about him and his recovery and his the way that playing a lot was meant to be a good thing for him. Mm. It doesn't seem to be anything to do with his confidence because he tends to play pretty well. He comes straight back he in comes and plays well. You know? yeah. And, you know, he's played 12 test matches this year, which is, you know, a fucking lot. But, you know, Jamie George has played 14, for example. Yeah, you know, not, he, your first choice player plays a lot. That's, that's yeah, to be yeah, accepted, yeah. isn't it? But, you know, he's been injured quite a lot this season. And so his whole fucking sketch is... As you say, he gets injured, he comes back, and he generally doesn't miss a beat. But yeah, I, Eddie kept saying in the warm-ups that you know that he was just a player that you know, the more minutes he plays, the better he gets, and he likes, you know, having regular rugby. And I get that, but at the same time, it's like the more you put him out there, the more you are risking his. You know, it, it's very easy to get a muscular injury, playing a fucking sport mm. as rough and tumble as rugby. And it just it felt like a bit of a needless risk leaving keeping him on that long against the USA when the game was basically done yeah. and dusted, you know. But hindsight's a fucking bitch, isn't it, you know? Yeah. So we'll see. Richie Craven gets in touch. He says all the reporting of Typhoon Hagibis focusing on whether it will disrupt the World Cup and not, you know, whether it will destroy hundreds of people's homes. That's a very <laughs> that's good point. a fucking Richard. good point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we did a bit of chat don't, about it before. I didn't mention that. Now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about that, Josh? You uncaring <laughs> bastard. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan White gets in touch and said, shit, is Japan getting the bonus point winning extra time, making it even harder for Scotland to get through? Also, shit. I, is... I personally think it's brilliant because I'd love Japan to get to the quarterfinals, but I appreciate that that's not. Yeah, new. so would I. I hate that it might be at the uh, expense of Scotland. Yeah, it's a real shame. 
however you know however the home nation getting through you just want them to get through so england can still be the only team that have gone out of their own world cup at the group stages come on this is an entirely negatively and chip on the shoulder motivated position that you're in and you know what josh i respect that that. i'm not having a go at it i respect that level of shit i definitely haven't had that tweet queued up for the moment and <laughs> qualify or anything it's been in the draft since 2016 yeah. <laughs> um what else we got here this shit sean flynn says shit is italy they never really had a chance but were fucking abject in the first half then looked a whole lot better straight out of the blocks in the second and then go and tombstone someone after being awarded a penalty <laughs> yeah forgot about that yeah. bit <laughs> they'd actually been given a penalty oh and, and sean finishes aptly with utter twats yes yeah yeah i mean it's just fucking stupid isn't it tao whiteboard gets in touch and he says good as george ford daly was very good but ford was england's best back whisper it but on the quiet he has been he's been pretty he's solid good, he's had a good world since, cup. since pre-tournament really as well actually yeah. and i'm glad actually because he seems like a nice lad and he's he a very talented player he is have you got any more shit no i think we talked about it all to be honest Let's go good then. Have you got any good? Yeah. For our Twitter? Uh, I mean, we've already talked about Jeff Hassler's hair, haven't we? We have. Maybe not enough, <laughs> but we have. <laughs> I don't think we have enough. I mean, he just, he's, he looks, he's got, he's basically got Yasmin Bleeth's 1992 hair. But <laughs> yes, on a, he has, yes. Yeah. Um, oh, that TJ Perinara try, by the way. It, absolute fucking porno rugby from start to finish, that, including the finish. Is should he be starting? I've all, I really really like him, and I I I've always thought he should get a few more starts. But Aaron Smith is the guy in the jersey, isn't he? So he is, and in the bathroom sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the Fiji try against Georgia as well. Well, uh, yeah, that the was shit great. Out of it was was ridiculous. And Drandra just basically just went mental at the touchline, didn't he? Yeah. And offloaded. Yeah. Um, Gary Gorge. Go was, get... was Rynak's hat trick today as well, actually. Well, Do you know what is shit, though? In all well, these, like, shitty... In these games against lesser... Lesser developed nations, mm. rugby-wise, shall we say. Um, mm-hmm. How the commentators keep giving us all these fucking pointless and ridiculous... Hats. That's the fastest bonus point in World Cup history. That's the fastest hat trick in World, World Cup. You know what? Yeah. It probably is, but what are you adding here? Yeah. This doesn't mean anything because these are not. This is not a level level playing yeah. field here. That's like saying, yeah. you know, that's the fastest people have ever picked up the pads in training. Well done, <laughs> official. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I'm not trying to be disrespectful to these small nations, but but the fact is, is that is what it is. It's just a. But obviously, what you can really tell is that even Alan Quinlan's been doing it as well. So obviously, when something happens, something pops up on their screen to say, you know, that was the. Third fastest try scored by a bloke called Brian on a Tuesday, you know, sort of, sort of thing. <laughs> I did enjoy the moment today when I can't remember who the co-coms was, but uh, just described him as he assumed that he was a, a horrible person when he played for Munster and sort of Quinlan got quite offended as if he'd been sort of, he's like, oh, all right then. Uh, what about Gary Gorge gets in touch. He says, good as Shulk Brits. Yes. Just an all-round lecker. That means great, you said. It's an all-round lecker bloke. Not sure any other third-choice player has ever contributed so much to a squad's feel-good mentality and a pretty handy player to boot. Do you know what? 
you know, you'd like to think he's... how you would conduct yourself if you ended up mm. in a World Cup playing for a, a, your, your nation. He's exactly who you'd look and go, yeah, that's what I'd be like. He's just wandering around, just not looking, not even looking like he's breaking a sweat, smiling and generally loving every minute of it. And speaking of his smile, somebody who's played front row and is still playing front row at 38 years old has no Honestly. right to have teeth like that. Yeah. What and the fuck's that all about? Not only to have teeth like that, just to be as damn handsome Handsome with beautiful white teeth. And yeah. he's he's deferred his Cambridge PhD to carry on playing rugby. It's just fucking yeah. not on, is it? And he just, did you see when he But he's like a fucking tripod as well. When yeah. you get him in the shower. Did you see when he bowed to the ball boy today? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody else I mean, mentioned that, like, yeah. That's fucking like, just stop being so nice, mate. You played for Saracens for ages. You're supposed to be a right prick. As much... As much as the respect, you know, we've, we've got a thing on Twitter now, the respect klaxon that just oh keeps you getting. Oh, my God. So um, bored of it. That was actually a good one. There was one that yes. ITV put up the other day where Cheslin Colby tackled somebody, then helped him up. And they were like, in rugby there is always respect. He's like, look, sorry, but one, fuck, fuck off. And two, yeah. let me tell you, 98% of people don't fucking do that. No. Cheslin Colby's just a nice fella as well. But most yeah. people basically probably give you a bit of verbals on the floor yeah. and rub your and face in it a bit as you get yeah, it Yeah, rub your face in it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And maybe give you a bit of a fucking cow bite on the back of your leg or a, or a bit of a pinch and roll <laughs> on your fucking bell end, quite frankly, <laughs> if, if my experience of playing with anything to go by. <laughs> you know, all bets are it's, off down there, people. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hashtag rugby values is <laughs> a load of... Can you smell what the respect yeah, is cooking? Yeah, it's a... Anyway, where were we? Charlie Brennan gets in touch and says, and I think Charlie is a lady. It's a lady, Charlie. And says, I don't know why that's relevant. It's just that I'm, I'm <laughs> trying to think when I'm saying he says or she says. She there. says, yeah. good. She says, is Joe Marler's cuddle with the opposition during a stern chat with Nigel Owens. And Elliot F said the same thing. He said, good was Joe Marler putting an ostensibly friendly arm around the shoulders of the Argentinian prop as Nigel gives him a lecture and a lovely example of acceptable and amusing shithousery. You're going to love Marler, haven't you? As a Welshman, you must be quite disarmed. And the fact that, you know, what he, by liking Marler. It's weird. It's a weird sort of thing that we've, like, got here. But he is genuinely extremely enjoyable now. Because all of his shithousery has become, as you say, good-natured shithousery, acceptable shithousery. So stuff like that and then slightly bumping into the guy coming out of the tunnel, running across the guy's... Lane yeah, coming just, out the tunnel and stuff. Like just being a cunt for the sake of it. Yeah. Is I'm absolutely here for that. <laughs> All the live long day. Uh James Tipping says good was the Cobus Reinach against Canada. Yeah, as you mentioned before. And that yes. Tonga try against France. Uh yes, that was great. Rod Hutchison gets in touch and says, Good is my two week old son's instinctive reaction to Clyde Woodward's interminable twaddle with a spectacular dirty protest in his nappy. More eloquent and to the point than anything Clive has contributed to this World Cup. That could literally be in shit, of course, because that's literally what it is. Yeah, um, literally shit. Congratulations, I mean, Rod, as well, on your on the birth of your recent the birth of your son, and I hope Mum and her him are doing very well. And you, indeed. If it's your first one, welcome to hell. <laughs> you love them, but welcome to hell. Um, Bruce McConaughey gets in touch, and he says, "Good is I don't care." Wayne, Bar- Wayne Barnes now is like Nigel when people started to take real notes of him. Effective, clear, even-handed, bilingual, 
Let's hope he doesn't also end up a show pony whose slightest action makes all of rugby social media go all frothy. Well, isn't Barnes done after this? I was going to say, yeah, well, that's not going to happen, Bruce, because he's retiring after this World Cup. Yeah. (laughs) He's been around longer than you think. I think his first World Cup was 07. Yeah, it was, because he was famously the uh, one who fucked the forward pass. The Michelac. uh, Yeah, yeah. A great Michelac moment, yeah. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it's like he's been a good referee for quite some time, but he's become a very, he's become probably the best referee I'd say in the last three or four years. I would and say so. It's, it's quite a shame that he's retiring, to be honest, because he shows his working out. We like really him, but he's showing does. the working out. And I yeah. think it's the, I know it's ridiculous. The barrister in him is probably that. It's like he's writing Massive, a sort of yeah, an yeah, argument yeah. with his mouth, you know, He's writing a position uh, statement for his clients, basically, as he's he's, uh, speaking. He coaches players too much. Yeah, there is that. Yeah, that does wind up a bit. But that is a a very, very minor critique in what otherwise a fucking excellent ref. And we'll miss him. We will. That's the thing. There are not many with Nige's sort of descent into stand-up comedy. There still are a not very many. Nigel, miss he's Nigel, still a decent so. ref, yeah. and I'll miss I'll miss Nige for being Nige when he's gone. But I think that his days of being a, a very good world class referee are over. And Barnes, I mean, who else is there that's genuinely really fucking good? With that, let, there's a few who probably could be. Luke Pierce looks pretty there, yeah. promising. Pierce does look very good. I think he he had a good game today, and he was very kind of. Again, he's somebody that showed his work. And so he communicate, Pierce communicates very well with his assistants in a way that I quite enjoy. I quite like it's, Angus Gardner. I guess a lot of shit, but I quite like him. I don't mind him. But again, I just think there are too many of them that I see big, big flaws. Yeah, there's in, nobody in, outstandingly. There's no, yeah. Yeah. Because but, there, were, know, there have been like decades. There's been a decade of the best ref in the world, hasn't there? For like the past yeah. in 10 year blocks. Or five-year yeah. blocks, maybe. It's hard to know who the next one's going to be. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Somebody's going to step up, though. They're going to have to. To bring Derek Bevan back. Yeah. Um, Tony Spreadbury, I say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, they'll have to, as we said, they're going to need about four refs now to ref the breakdown properly, so it'll be a mm. different game altogether soon. In good, Jamie Phillips, friend of the pod... Long-suffering Dragons fan and all-round lovely, lovely man, Jamie Phillips, has yes. been in touch. He said that good is the Dragons winning their first Pro 14 away game for four and a half years Damn after right beating did. Zebra 52-28, so very nearly a pal- palindromic score, by the way, um, yeah. in Palmer. He said, however, shit is the prospect of waiting another four and a half fucking years for the next away win. And, no, no mind that, Jamie. I know that this is what we do on it, get a bit miserable on here, but honestly, enjoy it. I must say, Jamie, that all of this stuff with Dragons needs to turn itself around since you met us. Because yeah. you met us and they won on Judgment Day. And then this has gone and happened. So I'm not saying that it's down to us, but I think it kind of is. I think we've got the golden touch, basically. Yes, yes. Dragons for the Pro 14 this Dragons season. for the Pro 14. But honestly, Jamie, you and the rest of the Dragons lot, I can't think of a more deserving bunch. You definitely deserve something, you know, to not be comically shit for a while. I mean, the inflatable dragon over your over your castle light changing room was no good. I mean, you've had to suffer no. these indignities. You've had a lot of indignities, to be fair. 
You have to suffer Kingsley Jones and Lynn Jones. Kingsley looked very, very baffled at halftime in the Canada game today. A lot of Skyping needed to happen to sort him out during halftime. It's, it's almost like he wasn't the best choice to pull together a sort of ramshackle, underfunded, disorganised squad that were incredibly low on morale. Your favourite attack like, coach, Griff Reese, is over there with him as well. You know that, don't you? Yeah, I mean, they've absolutely been tearing it up. That's, that's <laughs> the um, and finally, Stivale Ovelli gets in touch. I think he's an Italian friend of ours and says, Good was Virimi yeah. Bakatawa doing the post match interview in English, French, and Fijian. Good man on you, Virimi. Yes, I, partic- I particularly enjoyed the part where uh, the English speaking, the English first language interviewer asked him a question in bad French and he went, In English, what? <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. Who is the world? Because they've obviously got a. It's a world rugby feed doing the interviews, isn't it? Yeah. Who is the bloke know. who sounds like uh, like with a Manchester accent who keeps doing all the interviews? I've got absolutely no idea. And he's all shouty and excitable. <laughs> he is very shouty and excitable. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. I don't know who that is. Somebody said. Somebody said to me that he thought it was Austin Healy. It's not Austin Healy. Okay, not Austin. He's changed his accent if it, it changed his accent if it is, or I don't right. recognise his voice anymore. I mean, I'm, I wish because it's I definitely more Manchester than Scouse. So I'll definitely say that. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know who it is. You think it's a Saracens defence coach? Could be. Whose name? And I can't remember. Alex. Pat Sanders. Alex Sanders. Yeah, imagine him. He'd be yeah. brilliant, wouldn't he? Oh, that'd be amazing. I love that. <laughs> that Just brings us to the end just... of this. Yes. Of this. Um, we will join us next week while Josh openly weeps about the Fiji result for 20 yeah. minutes. And, uh, Can't wait to lose. <laughs> other than that, thank you all once again for your company and for sticking with Indeed. us through thick and thin. Well, thin and thin, really, let's be honest. Mm. Yeah. Was it thick and thick? Which is the bad one in thin and thin, thick and thin? I've got absolutely no idea. I've never thought about that before. No. Right, let you us know at thick- Blood and Mud, which is the bad yeah. one, thick or thin? Because thick would suggest you've got lots of things that are good and thin means you haven't got much money on yeah. much food. But with modern beauty standards, oh, satire. That's right. Um, Hashtag, yeah. Hashtag F your beauty standards, as I've seen on, yeah. on Instagram yeah. sometimes. Yeah. 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 I mean, And on so that bombshell, that, I'd like you, you to F your business. beauty standards and know how beautiful Jeez. you all are. Thank you very, very much. And we'll speak to you all next week. There you go. This has been How Not to Dress or whatever it's called. Speak to uh, yeah. This has well, been how to look good naked. We'll speak to you next week. Goodbye. <laughs> Ta-da. There are those who fear change, those who welcome change, and those who drive change. At Nissan, we've always believed in driving change. Now, the all-new Nissan Qashqai is here. With the style and tech you want and the power you need, it's the future-proof family car. So, are you ready for change? The all-new Nissan Qashqai, electrified with mild hybrid power. Book a test drive today at nissan.ie. Nissan, innovation that excites. Sports Social Podcast Network.